You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast from side hustle to million dollar VA and agency business with Tasha Booth. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. Back with another interview for you. Now, today on the podcast, I have Tasha Booth. Tasha is an agency owner, coach, and podcaster. She is the founder and CEO of the Launch Guild, a full-service launch support agency working with established coaches and course creators. And she has a team of over 20 members strong. She is doing her thing. You'll hear in the episode, so I won't spoil it too much, but I met Tasha really early in my journey when starting Journey to Launch. It was literally a blog at the moment. I don't even think I had the podcast yet when I first met Tasha. And she was also in the personal finance space. She was blogging about paying off debt, and then she became a VA to help give her money as a side hustle to pay off her debt. Now she is blossomed into an agency owner, so we'll talk about what that means where she now has a seven-figure business. So I just think the come-up story for Tasha is amazing in how she teaches people to do what she did, whether you just want to stay a VA and earn money doing that, or to build upon that and have your own agency where you have other VAs working for you. It's a really fascinating story. So I really can't wait for you to hear it. Did you know that some credit unions offer rates that are more competitive than traditional banks? you'll most likely earn and save more by banking with your local credit union. For example, at DCU, their members have the ability to activate the Earn More feature on their checking accounts and earn an annual percentage yield that's higher than many other financial institutions. And if you think your money is more at risk or that it's harder to access because it's at a credit union than a traditional bank, then think again. Just like the FDIC insures deposits up to $250,000 at a traditional bank, deposits up to $250,000 at a credit union are insured by the NCUA. You can also access your money held at a credit union at any time from most any ATM, just like you would if your money were at a traditional bank. Most credit unions are part of a large participating network of ATMs that are surcharge-free. Members of DCU have access to over 80,000 surcharge-free ATMs nationwide that display the AllPoint, SUM, or Co-op logos. DCU also reimburses members for non-DCU ATM surcharges that they may incur if they use an ATM outside of the surcharge-free network. Pretty good stuff, right? To learn more, check out dcu.org. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. 
Hey, journeyers. Okay, so I have someone on the podcast that I'm really excited to have on because Tasha, well, I just gave up your name, Tasha Booth of the Launch Guild. <laughs> I've known you online since I started Journey to Launch, like at the very beginning, and I've seen you blossom into this force of a businesswoman who is your company at seven figures yet? We are at seven figures. It's crazy. At seven figures. I feel like there's so many ways we can take this conversation, but welcome to the podcast, Tasha Booth. Thank you for having me. I love the fact that like our journey started around the same time and like we've been parallel kind of following each other along the way. It's been great. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to take it back there because one of the reasons why this was so interesting for me to profile and show Tasha's story is because you started in sort of the personal finance space, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So my first website was called The Frugal Fit Girl, and it was all about frugal, healthy living. And I was I was like sharing my own debt free journey or like getting towards debt free and everything. And yeah, that's that's kind of how this all started. Right. And then I remember you started to make transitions. And at that point, I had just started Journey to Launch. Like it was a blog. And then I eventually started the podcast a year later. But you were blogging at this. And I think I actually got introduced to you through my sister, Shayna. I think you guys were in something together, right? Yep. Then I saw that you were going to become a VA and you started doing virtual assistant work. So it was like you were switching a bit. And just to bring us to where we are now so that we can see like why this is such an amazing story is you became a VA. Mm -hmm. Then you created an agency, right, for VAs. So like you're employed and then other VAs and then taught people how to be VAs. And now you have like your own. What what do you call what your thing is? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I always say, tell people that we have kind of two sides to the business. So we have the agency still and we do full service launch support. So we no longer do like ongoing VA stuff. We always work with launches, uh, for coaches and course creators. And then the other side of my business, which I just call the Tasha Booth side is, um, I have one certification for launch managers and then also a 12 month program for those who are building agency model businesses. So. That's all of it. (laughs) And then how much is your business now earning in revenue? Yeah, so this is our first seven-figure year. So we are uh, projected to make seven figures this year. Last year, we hit our first million dollar, like for the last three years. So total in our business since it first started. So yeah. Right. And this is... This, that's amazing. And then there's so many places. I, I love that you transitioned and you pivoted. Like you started in the personal finance space with the blog. Realized your gifts and strengths and decided to pivot again and then like kept just building upon and now having like a million dollar business. So I think this will be inspiring for a lot of people um, listening to this story. Yeah. And I think I've always been good at like seeing the need and being able to fill the need, like create something that fills the need, you know? And so when I started my hobby blog, the frugal fit girl way back when, like I thought that the need for my audience was that like they wanted to see this journey, but they really wanted to see like how I was doing it. And so the way that I decided to, you know, pay off some credit card and student loan debt was to do have my side hustle be uh, virtual assistants. And then once that kind of started hitting um, and, you know, turning into something bigger, that was the thing that people were asking me, like, how did you do that? Yeah. And so tell me about making the transition. It sounds like you just followed the natural steps. Like initially it was literally just as a side hustle to pay off your debt. Yeah. How are you doing that part? So how did you know that VA was the thing you should like lean into? How did you get started in that field? 
I kind of really just jumped into it like on a weekend because, you know, as as bloggers, I'm sure you have the same experience of where you just have to learn a lot of like programs and processes and all of these things. And I was in a lot of Facebook groups with other bloggers who were clueless about using MailChimp or, you know, Squarespace or any of those things. And they were looking for VAs. So I was like, why don't I, you know, try this? And it just grew really, really, really quickly, which is kind of why and how I decided to make that transition because it was like, oh, this this is the thing that's working for me. So it's an easy transition. And it's so smart because I find that like if you were to stay in the personal finance space, because this is the thing, I feel like there's like different people within the space, like personal finance. Like you can either share your own just story to getting out of debt and investing and then kind of create content around that. Or you can, uh, and teach people kind of like, you know, about budgeting and investing, right? Like that. Or you can like have like a business component to it where, like you said, like you're, you're talking about a side hustle, but then that side hustle becomes something you can leverage that to me is actually more, I don't want to say valuable, but is more marketable than sometimes the personal finance space. So uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And I think that that is exactly what happened for me because of the fact that like, yes, people want to know like, oh, wow, you're doing it. But they also wanted to know like, how exactly are you doing it? And so there was just this subsection of people that like, as I started sharing my story, they started like asking me more and more questions, which is the reason why my my podcast is called How She Did That, because that was the question, you know? So yeah, it was just a, a matter of being a couple steps ahead of the community that I was growing and building and then seeing what's possible. And I think the other thing that um, has been really cool to see is that a lot of times in the VA space, when I first came into the VA space, I saw a lot of people who are like, oh, $5,000, like that's that's the limit. That's kind of like the pinnacle of what you can make each month as a VA. And now I'm showing people that that's not true, that like, you know, you can do whatever you decide to do. You just have to be willing to put in the work for it also. Right. Now, we should give a timeline. How long ago was was it that you uh, started to be a VA? Mm -hmm. So I started my business in late 2016. 2018 was my full first full time year. Right. And then you started to hire people. Yeah. So I started hiring around, I think, early 2018. Didn't really think that it was going to be an agency at first. Like I didn't really understand that agency model. But once I saw the like how I could free up my time and still build something bigger than me, that was when I was like agency all the way in. <laughs> so, so explain what the agency model is and then how you actually because I want to understand for someone who is one, they might just be at the step of they're thinking about being a virtual assistant to pay down debt or for like you did, like as a side hustle. But then we can talk to what makes you switch to agency model and what that means. Yeah. So in it, in our agency model, I don't do any of the work for clients anymore. I actually don't talk to most of our clients on a like day-to-day basis kind of thing. So I have an entire team. So my team is 30 people at this point now. Five of them are full-time. I think we have three part-time and then the rest of the, them are contractors. And basically what we do is we have uh, kind of teams that are pods that work with our clients. So we have like a project manager who is the primary point of contact for our clients. And then we have like a whole team that's doing like the work and the design and tech and all that stuff for their launches. But it really becomes a model where the time isn't dependent on me and the amount that we can grow isn't dependent on my schedule. Because if we want to grow larger or if we want to increase the number of clients that we're working with, we just hire more people basically. 
So that's been really great for me because I think one of the things that was kind of a disconnect between a lot of times what people say in terms of how you can like grow your agency and what actually happens is that the time freedom isn't always really there because you have people depending on you. So at this point, I can go on vacation. I can like today I'm talking to you and then I have a free day for the rest of the day. And like, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm glad you mentioned that because... You know, there's a point in which you're trading your time for money, which is like, you know, when you're doing kind of the service-based work and it's fine, like if it's like a finite amount of time and you have like maybe just a goal you want to hit. But I find that some people kind of sell that dream of, oh, it's like you can free up your time and like not at that stage unless you have the ability to hire people. And I want to talk about making those transitions because I feel like there had to be some mental leaps. Like I'm sure there are VAs that you started out with that could be doing what you're doing but there's something blocking them from that. Maybe they just don't have the desire. That's, that's fine too. But literally like there's like a mindset thing or just something that needs to think through. And I want to help someone who may be stuck there right now who can get to this level. Yeah. And, and I tell people that all the time that like my secret sauce, you know, what makes me special is the fact that I was consistent and that I kept going when other people stopped and that I worked when other people quit, you know, and That's hard to hear. But at the same time, I think that it makes it accessible for anybody because it's just a matter of like, keep going and you can and will get there if you keep going. Um, I think the other thing is you hit the nail on the head with the, with the mindset piece because anytime you have a new level, level, there's new gremlins coming up in terms of, is this possible? Like, how, how can I sustain? Like, that's, that's my big one that I still work on. Like, how can I sustain this? Is this sustainable? And I think it's a matter of surrounding your, yourself with people who are doing it. Um, I always like to say I like to be the small or medium fish in a bigger pond instead of the big fish, because then there are people around me that I'm like, oh, wow, like that's possible. Like, you know, I, I got excited the first time I had a six figure month, but I'm around people who have like seven figure months. And I'm like, wow, seven figure months are possible. Okay. If I, if I see other people doing it, then I know that it's possible for me. Yeah. That's such a good point about surrounding yourself with people doing this. And I think too, what I realized about you when I saw you growing was you also were paying for programs and to be in spaces. And I think that could be a little scary because if you're coming, I, I, I'm just saying when I first came into the personal finance space, I felt it was more about constriction and like not spending money. And then honestly, what has helped me grow has been spending money, investing in myself in trainings. And uh, I think for you, it's been similar, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I tell people all the time that like I invested in my first coach three months into my business. And that was a huge leap for me because I wasn't making a ton of money then. And that coach wasn't that expensive. But then when I went full time, I was probably making about $8,000 a month in my business when I went full time. And I invested in a coach that was $15,000 a year. So $1,500 a month, or I guess it's $18,000. I don't do math. Um, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, it was $1,500 a month, which was a big chunk of my income, especially because I was still growing and I didn't know like if I was going to always have $8,000 months, if it was going to go down up, you know, but I know that when I invest and kind of put that money down, I am all in and I'm willing and ready to do the work. And, and I liken it to always like having a guide that you're hiking with basically, and has done that hike multiple times. And why would you want to do it alone if you can have a guide that's like been there, done that and knows the pitfalls and can support you in like not hitting those pitfalls? 
Right, right. Of course, like you have to do your research and yeah. make sure you're getting the right person. I would say that, you know, not every I've taken multiple programs or have coaches and they don't all like pan out to be something I continue to work with and or I won't say it's a loss, but it's a lesson. Like sometimes you're going to lose money. I'm putting that in quotation marks, you know, like and that's part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been, you know, some coaches that have been better than others for me and everything. Um, but some of my coaches and some of my mentors like have been a part of my journey for going on three to four years now. And the fact that like they can continue to grow with me and, and support me in like w- both where I was and also where I'm headed is absolutely amazing. So I'm a huge proponent for coaching and I know that like when I invest money, I make more money. <laughs> yeah. Same, same. Yep. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about go back to the VA space. Like, and then we can move on to kind of like what you're doing now because. For anyone who is interested in getting started, like they literally, uh, maybe they have some tech savviness, maybe they don't, but they're like, I just want to make extra money. How does one start when it comes to becoming a virtual assistant? And by the way, VA means virtual assistant. I don't think we said that. Yeah, VA, virtual assistant. <laughs> I know, I was confused the first time I heard the word VA too, because my husband's Air Force. So I was like, what? No, <laughs> totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a matter of looking at your current skill set. I really believe that anybody has a marketable skill that they can start with. And so a lot of times my example is inbox management. Like there are things that, that you probably do as, you know, an organized person that you take for granted that other people do well and they don't do it well. (laughs) And inbox management is one of those examples. So many people struggle with keeping their inbox clean replying to things on time, those sorts of things. And so if you're great at that, that's a marketable skill set that you can start with. And then as you are starting with that, supporting people with that, you're learning new skills, you're working towards improving the skills that you have. But don't think that just because you didn't come out of an admin background, or you didn't start off as an executive assistant, you can't you know, like become a a virtual assistant. So I think it's a matter of starting where you're at and then like opening your mouth and talking about your business. Like (laughs) so many times people are so quiet about their businesses and I'm like, who's going to hire you if nobody knows that you exist, you know? (laughs) Well, well, that's the next question. So someone says, you know what? I'm going to start with this. And by the way, it's funny. Like, I feel like most like people like myself who are doing this, like we need more help. Like we need someone who's reliable. And I have a great like team now. It's they're all contractors. Um, And my assistant, uh, Johanna, she like has her own virtual assistant, like company too. Right. And so I just find that there's so much room and necessity for people who do this work. And if you find yourself like, wow, because listen, I'm a mess. My, my inbox is a mess. Okay. <laughs> like I can't, my DMs, like if you were writing me via DM on Instagram, like, I'm sorry to you. It, like I get overwhelmed when I see it. Sometimes I don't respond, but I try to respond when I can. Right. And it feels like for someone to come in and help manage that, like that's clutch. Yeah, totally. So someone's like, all right, all right, Jamila, Tasha, like, I think I could do this. What do they start? Like they're not in the online world at all. Like how do they get their first client? Yeah. So you get your first client by by putting a post out there, basically. Like have conversations with people that are close to you, with your friends and your family. And I'm sure that even if they are, none of those people are the right fit people for you, they probably know somebody who is an entrepreneur or who has a brick and mortar business and needs some kind of virtual support in some way. Um, so I think it's just about talking about it and and having conversations I know that I told like everyone everywhere that I was starting as a virtual assistant. And I think that the, the ability to really market yourself and not in a sleazy marketing way, but just in a confidence and conversation way 
is is going to be gold for you. Right. And it could be easy as putting up a Facebook post to your friend group, right? Like you don't have to have a business page like, hey, I'm looking to do some of this. If you need help or know someone that needs help, let me know. Exactly. Yeah. And that was as easy as it was for me. And then I got into some Facebook groups specifically for entrepreneurs and everything, which also helped because I just had conversations with them and and that sort of thing. And that's that's how I grew it. It wasn't it wasn't hard. <laughs> yeah. What okay, so what about prices? Like what is someone what should someone charge if they're first starting out? And I know that the range can be wide. So can we talk about that what that range is and kind of what you see as the average? Yeah, it definitely depends on skill set. I usually suggest to any of my VA students that they start at $20 an hour because you have to remember that you are paying yourself, you're paying your own overhead for your own systems that you're setting up, you're paying your taxes, um, and you're putting a little bit away and everything too for a rainy day in terms of your business. So we want to make sure that it makes enough sense that there's a profit margin there. Um, But $20 an hour is usually a good place to start. Yeah. And then, like you said, based on your technical experience or this experience, I know some VAs that charge like $40, $50. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. $40, $50, especially if like you've got amazing tech skills and everything, you can definitely charge way more than that. And then we, you know, after you've been a VA for a while, a lot of people think about becoming like launch managers, for example, or really specializing or online business managers or project managers in the online space. Those can go all the way up to like, I've seen $110, $120 an hour. Um, So yeah, the sky's kind of the limit then. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's talk about just the different levels because I think it's kind of, it's cool to kind of see how you can transition. So, okay, you could become a VA, charge per hour, start at 20. Then if you know, get, you know, some skill sets together and you can charge a little bit more. And the next step can go in different routes. You can hire VAs to work for you that then that way you could take on more accounts. Right. And that's kind of what you did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Then there's like this another level where like we're talking about OBM, which is a operations business manager, online business manager, online business manager, Mm -hmm. and then launch manager. Let's talk about the difference between those two things. Yeah. So an online business manager, if you think about it similarly to like a manager in an office, right. And so we have the people that are implementing that are doing most of the tasks. And then we have the manager who is managing both the team and kind of the overall projects in the business. So that person is doing more higher level skill set things. So lots of like metrics, documentation, process documentation, as well as team uh, management and everything so that the business owner isn't overwhelmed. I know that for my business, once I got to about four to five people in my agency, all of a sudden, yes, I was being pulled out of day-to-day implementation, but now I had five people messaging me all day long, asking me questions or like needing my feedback or permissions or whatever the case may be. And so that's when we kind of brought in Jayla Ray, who's now my director of operations, but she kind of started in that OBM role, right? That was managing the team more so than I needed to be. So that's kind of the next level for that. So then after that, we have project manager or launch manager rather, and launch managers are more specific in that they are amazing technicians in understanding all parts of launches. So they are supporting a team for a client's launch, whether it be like a course launch or a program launch or something like that. And they fully understand like all the deliverables, everything that needs to be done when it needs to be done. So they're really skilled and trained specifically around launches. Thank you for just giving us like these descriptions of each of those things. Have you ever wanted to learn how to trade as a side hustle so that you can reach your money goals, like paying off debt, traveling the world, buying a house and 
helping you fuel you to financial independence, I've got a special treat for you. I've teamed up with my friend Terry Ijeoma of the Trade and Travel course so that she can help better educate you on what trading is, what day trading is, what swing trading is, if it's right for you to learn how to do this to get into it. Now you can get this free training by going to journey to launch.com slash Terry training. That's journey to launch.com slash Terry training. And in the training, it's a video or audio training that you can get on demand. You'll learn more about Terry Gioma, how she transitioned from her nine to five to being a full-time entrepreneur and traveling the world, how trading allowed her to buy her dream house in the cash, the different types of trading, long-term investing, short-term investing, day trading, swing trading, how to trade as a form of income to pay off debt, save, and supplement your income. And then of course, who should take Terry's course? We're going to talk about this, a trade and travel course, because this is not a get rich quick scheme. This is something you have to put time and energy into learning. So we cover all of that and you can get that right now by going to journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training to get the training right now for free. Journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training. It sounds like it's best to first have some experience like with the VA side and just like assisting in an agency before you kind of move up the ladder, but you, there's money to be made in business like this, right? Absolutely. And and yeah, I'm glad you said that like you should probably start with like the doing with the VA implementation pieces because some people come to me and they're like, well, I just want to skip all that and I want to become either an OBM or I just want to skip all that and I want to start an agency. And I'm like, you don't have the data or understanding of like what it takes or what's needed to be able to create great systems in, in your business on that level. So even if it's a matter of, being a VA for three months or six months or a year to kind of get your feet wet and fully understand all the processes. I think that that's going to be so helpful for people. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like first understand from the, you know, like they say, like if you're a restaurant owner, you you do every, every task with the, the restaurant first, like, so you understand what it takes. Yep, exactly. When you first started Frugal Fit Girl, I mean, you couldn't have imagined this is where you'd be a few years later, right? <laughs> no idea, no clue. And that's another mindset thing. Like the big thing for me was realizing that there were other things out there, you know, and I think when I first started, I had absolutely zero clue of what was possible. And I was just trying to make like a thousand dollars a month, basically. And to think like the huge jumps that I've made, first of all, I never would, would have been possible without my business, like never would have been possible. Um, but also like how I've personally grown and how I've personally grown as a person, but also as a leader. Yeah. Again, I just think about the person listening and they're just like, oh, I have a blog that I kind of want to start, but I don't know. And I'm just like, and the same thing I talk about financial independence where just start. I know, first of all, you don't know where you'll, where you're in. You may have a goal, but it may change and that's fine. But literally starting that thing, it doesn't have to be the thing you do all the time. It's like literally could be the stepping stone. If you follow your curiosity and the breadcrumbs of life that leads you to the next thing that's meant for you. Yeah. And I think also it's, completely that curiosity. It's saying like, oh, like, how would this like, how do I feel about trying this new thing? You know, people say that like money is fast. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard that. But like, in terms of just like making decisions quickly and being able to trust yourself to make good decisions, and also trust yourself when it doesn't feel good. And like, you don't feel like doing it, you know, in terms of like long term. And I think that that's been one of the things that I do really well in terms of just being like, oh, there's an opportunity here. Let me try it. And if I hate it, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And like that pivot, that like 
fail fast also. Like I'm going to try and fail. If I, and if I fail, that doesn't mean that it's, I'm failing. It just means this didn't work out and I can move on to figure something else out. Yeah, totally. And it also feels like on your journey, like uh, other than like the mental shifts, like I feel like part of it too, is just like learning to delegate and trust. Right. I think that's like a big thing in being like a business owner as you're growing. It's like, okay, you have to trust that you're going to hire people or you're going to trust the people that you're hiring to execute the work and then let go because they may not do it the way you do it. Right. So talk through that. Oh, that is absolutely the hardest part. And I don't know if you know your Enneagram type, but I'm an Enneagram three and Enneagram threes are achievers. And we are people that like just say, oh, I'll just do it myself like all the time, you know, so delegating is really, really hard. And to this day, because I I've like started off kind of as a tech VA and I've always loved tech. And so giving that up to my team is sometimes still really hard. And I've had to train myself to stop and be like, no, if you continue doing this, like or if you say yes to doing this yourself, you are teaching your team that they don't need to worry about it, you know, that they don't need to think about that, that they don't need to do that. And I like don't get to do the other things that I should be doing as the CEO of the business at this point, you know? So I think it's just a matter of me having to slow myself down and take that beat of like, is this actually something that I need to be doing? Also, when it comes to hiring, it's just a matter of hiring slowly and taking your time in the hiring process so that by the time that person is actually on your team, you know, and you like already have a really good fit feel of if they're a good fit and you've hired them because they're a good fit. And I like to lead from a place of trust. So by the time somebody is on my team, I'm like, I 100% trust you until you give me reasons not to, which hopefully never comes, you know? <laughs> and with that, then, then I've been able to say, okay, you're here because you're excellent at what you do. Like, go be great at what you do. Let me know when you need help, but go be great at what you do. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's such a, a, a good point to talk about because I do feel like that's what holds, like, even as I see like business owners and entrepreneurs like grow and then meet so many people and you can see like why people stay stagnant and why people like start to grow. It's like that ability to delegate or hire people. And I feel like I'm at that stage where it's just like, what does the next level look like for me? Do I want to reach this level where I have a lot of people? Maybe I like being a company of one with some just dedicated contractors. I don't know. Right. But like, Thinking through that and being honest about why I don't want those things are important. Like, do I not want them because I just like a simple life and I'm chill, I'm chilling, I'm good, I don't, you know, need the extra, or am I just scared <laughs> to have to go through those motions? Yeah, exactly. And I'm always honest with people when they're thinking about agencies and I'm like, you know what, if you don't enjoy, like, if you don't want to be a leader, you can't be an agency owner. You know, if you don't like people, you can't be an agency owner. And that doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert. Like you can be an introvert and still like people and want to curate kind of this, this small or large, whatever you decide group of people that you're working with. But there are some things that like you just have to be really honest with yourself in because I've seen people who start agency model businesses and they're miserable because it's not the business for them, you know, or even as a VA, they start the VA business because they've heard that like it's a easy and great way to, to make money. And then they're like, actually, I hate all of this, you know, so really make sure that like as you're building the business, even if it's just short term to make some extra money, that you're really creating something that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, such good, such good advice. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your financial freedom and independence journey, because when you first started your blog, it was about paying off debt, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So can we walk through kind of like what you paid off and where you are now in terms of 
the spectrum of financial freedom and independence? Yeah. So I think when I first, first got serious about it, I still had two student loans. I left college with $60,000 in student loans. So I still had two student loans. I had a mountain of credit card debt. I think like $40,000 of credit card debt. It was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and I was just kind of finally tired of like carrying it around and feeling like it was a weight and that I could never get ahead to like start building wealth, you know? And so last year was a huge, huge pivotal year. We paid all of it off um, last year. The student loan and credit card? Student loan and credit card. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. And all while like buying our dream house as well, which was like, that was one of the big things. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, my husband's Air Force and he retires in two years. And so we knew that we were moving back from Tucson to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and we decided that this was where we, we wanted to like settle down after he retired and everything. So we decided to like buy the house that we wanted and everything. So it's been really fun being able to finally like get ahead of things and feel like I, you know, I have paid down the debt and everything, but I'm also enjoying what I'm making and stuff, you know? So, so that's been great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that. So in my, so I have like five journey stages, like to get to complete financial independence where you don't have to work ever again, if you don't want to, because your investments pay for your lifestyle. So for what you just described, you're definitely passed. So I have like the cadet stage, which is like, you're paying off debt. But since you paid off your debt, you'd be in the next stage, which is the aviator stage of building security. But you may be even further past that. So I want to talk a little bit about while you were paying off debt or now what you were doing with your money. Since you you just said like your business is making a million. And to be clear, your business made a million, not you, not you, (laughs) because I think that's that's that you it's like. People who are not like business owners who like they forget that there's a distinction. So complete distinction. (laughs) What does it look like for you now as you're you paid off debt, you're in your dream home? What does the investing side and getting to financial independence look like for you? Yeah. So this year has been so much fun because it's the first year that I've really started investing in things. So I like hiding money from myself (laughs) because if I don't, I will spend it. So I do a lot of like the little things like Q Capital and Stash and Acorns. Like I do all of those things. Um, But I also just started doing like an actual investment account. So I invest um, a couple thousand dollars a month into like the actual investment accounts. Like taxable investments? Yeah. Taxable investments and everything as well as being able to max out my IRA. Like last year and this year were the first times that I was like, oh, I should probably like actually start doing that, you know? Um, The other thing that we are doing is currently saving to buy our first investment property next year. So that's all fun and exciting. I know. Yeah. Well, (laughs) uh, do you have a pre-tax retirement account, like a solo one with your company that you're doing? Yeah, that was the other thing. So we just started, um, once I got to, I think, three team members, I was like, let's set up a 401k, you know, so we've got that going as well, too. Nice. Congrats. And so what do you see like uh, going forward? Because I find that my vision for when I said, oh, this is what my finances will look like when I'm when Journey to Launch makes this. It's like, yeah, but kind of like you, I want to make sure this is sustainable. And like, so I'm not going to like just, you know, do all the things like I have to like kind of space it out. But for you, what does it look like going forward? Because you just said your husband is going to retire in two years, right? And if you're anything like me, so my husband, he's a teacher, so he's off on this in the summers. So I don't like working that hard in summers because I'm like, you're not going to just like chill. And I'm just like working hard. Like we're going <laughs> to chill together. <laughs> so ha- do you are you foreseeing that you need to uh, find ways to step away more from your business in a couple of years so that you have more flexibility? Or do you love your business so much that it's like either way, I'm fine. Like it doesn't feel like work. What does that look like for you over the next couple of years? 
Yeah, I think this year I've I've created a lot more flexibility and it's to the point of where I feel like I can move a little bit more in and out of it. Um, like I said, like some some days I have, you know, only a couple things to do. Other days are kind of packed with like, especially on the Tasha Booth side on the coaching and course side, there's a lot more like making sure I'm checking in with like my clients and, and everything on the on the coaching side. Um, when Scott retires, he's going to be probably going back uh, to law for law school to become a mediator. And so he wants to do mediation, but he wants something where, you know, we love to travel. And so he wants something where he can like pick up with me because that's the big thing now. I'm like, oh, I see these flights and you can't go because you don't have the time off. (laughs) So we're we we definitely want to travel, but also we'll both then have jobs where we can take our jobs with us and kind of travel along the way as well. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that like not working like the idea of financial independence and retire early is like not something that you're working towards? Not really, because yeah, so it's mostly just the two of us because um, my stepdaughters, his daughters live with their mom in Chicago. So when I think about not working, I'm like, what would I do like with my days? Like, what would I do with my time? And so that's never been something that has been hugely important to me in terms of like not working at all. Um, I think even if I wasn't like working to earn a paycheck, I would be volunteering six hours a day or something like that. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I also feel like You've also reached a point where you created a business where it gives you flexibility and space to still do the things you want. Like that is the goal. Like I feel like some people like, you know, technically, I'm sure if you wanted to chill or you had something else going on, you probably could step away even longer because you probably have systems and backup and money to help with that. And I think that is kind of like the space I think what we all want to get to. It's not like necessarily never doing anything again. It's just like we have the option not to do it again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So in terms of just like you talked a bit about you have a Tasha Boots side of your business. So we're kind of talking more about your agency side. Can you talk a little bit more about how you now leverage who you are now into like this other way of earning money? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it came out just once again of a need, you know, so just like in the VA space, I saw a need and I filled it. Once people started asking consistently, like how I was doing it, I started creating opportunities for them to learn from me. And that side, so this year, our goal was to kind of level out the agency side and the Tasha Booth side. Last year, so 29 or 2020, um, the agency side was about 75% of the income and the Tasha Booth side was about 25%. And we were really intentional about this year about leveling it out. So it was more 50-50. Um, and because that is really the, the more scalable side as we're thinking in terms of like two, three, five, ten million dollar business. The Tasha Booth side. And what do you do? What are your services or offerings over there? Yeah. So um, a launch management certification, so launch manager certification, and then the 12-month agency program for agency model businesses. So, and within those, I have like uh, coaches, like accountability coaches and everything that are supporting, you know, me in, in helping our clients in that part too. So in the Tasha Booth side, you teach other people how to do what you've done in terms of helping people launch like online entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs launch products and services and manage that launch. Yes, but I'm teaching like VAs to become launch managers so that they can help their clients launch. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's so that's so great because like I'm thinking like you may have someone on your team right now, they're VA, they're good, but you're like, you know what? I want to train you or want you to get trained to do this thing or the VA exactly. may say, will you pay for this certification and I can help you do these things. Exactly. And and that's what we've had. We've had a couple, you know, clients who have bought the certification or, you know, enrolled their VA into this because they're like, we launch quarterly, like we need support all the time. 
and our VA is good and she's like doing what she knows, but we know that like she could be great and our launches could be so much more fluid and so much easier if like she was really amazing at what she did and had some training around it. Yes, I love, I love that. Okay, so a couple more questions before we wrap up. But um, one is what advice do you give or would you give to someone right now listening? And they're like, you know what? I want to earn extra money or want to level up. I Maybe I'm a VA already and they want to make more money. What's that one advice or the couple pieces of advice you would give them? Yeah, I would say commit to being excellent. Like that's the first thing. Like whatever you decide to do, just commit to being excellent and that will shine through. Unfortunately, a a lot of times, especially in the VA space or just online business space, there are people that are just kind of being okay to get by. And so when you show up in excellence, like people will take notice, you know, and appreciate that. And you'll, you'll get well known pretty quickly for that. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. And then just keep growing and learning, um, is the second thing. And then I think my last piece of advice would be seek out people that are doing what you want to do or that are accomplishing like where you want to head and be around their circle, you know, because you already know like what's behind you. You don't know what's, what's ahead of you. And so really getting that, you know, that perspective from, from a different place is going to be key. Love it. Now tell everyone where they can find out more about you and all your businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got two websites. So thelaunchguild.com is one of them, uh, hanging out on Instagram a lot. So at the launch guild and then tashabooth.com is the other one. I'm on Instagram all the time over there at the Tasha booth. And you have a podcast. Let's talk about that just a little bit. <laughs> I do have a podcast. It's called How She Did That. So it's weekly and it's business and tech tips for virtual support pros. So VAs, launch managers, online business managers, and project managers. First of all, it's so funny because you're 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 saying that your life is like so chill. You know, you're not in it that much. And then like you just listed all these things, these businesses. And I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. But apparently you have the systems in place and people in place to help you run that. I have an amazing team and they just, yeah, they do all the things for me. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Tasha, for this. It was really great. Thanks for having me. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tasha. Let me know if something in particular stood out for you. Again, I feel like I love seeing the evolution of someone. Sometimes you start out doing one thing, you know, you say, well, I'm going to maybe lean into this side hustle or do this as a hobby. And maybe I'm good at this thing. Right. And you just never know where it can lead you. Because I know a lot of people think, oh, being a VA, you know, like I want to do more than that. I want to make more money than probably what a VA makes, a virtual assistant. And to see what Tasha has been able to grow and do with her business and life and where she's taken her finances as a result of leveraging her skills is so inspiring. So if you're listening to this and you are inspired, let me know, shout me out because I love seeing your thoughts on the episode. Take a screenshot of you listening. Share this on your social media. I'm on Instagram at Journey to Launch. You can even tag Tasha. <laughs> so you can see that you appreciated her sharing her story. Her name, Tasha's name on Instagram is Tasha Booth. So it's the Tasha Booth. T-H-E-T-A-S-H-A Booth. B-O-O-T-H. And let me know what you thought. What was your favorite part? And also, of course, share this with someone in your family or a friend. Who needs to see that this is possible? 
Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. <laughs>